uh, everything's recording. So, uh, oh wait, does All my right. mute button work? The mute button does like, indeed. Yeah, work. it works. Yeah, I, I stopped hearing you. Yep, trench coat, Kyle. That's what I call this look. <laughs> All right, hello everyone, and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premiere. And not even international nor national podcast of LRMOnline.com. But still the flagship. Come on. Still flagship. Right. Um, there's just two of us within four miles of each other. And uh, me and Jammer. Hey, Jammer. Yo. And then Kyle, gotta, of course, on the ones and the twos. And weird and shit. Just said four miles. And Kyle on the ones and the twos. Um, And we're part of the Genreverse podcast network. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and everywhere else you want to listen to us. And we'll talk about more about that at the end. Um, so I'm back. You were gone. Yeah, I was gone a long was time. He? It, it was hard rolling know. into rolling back into know. Marvel Multiverse I Mayhem. I don't know. You weren't missed. I'm just kidding. No. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Shocking Sorry, abuse of, of friendship. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, Jammer's still here. Yo, I'm still here. I'm still here. We got. I don't know the lyrics to that song. Was that the I don't song even know Treasure what song Planet? you're singing. It's from Treasure Planet, I think. Oh, yeah, that's probably coming up because of. Is that Creed? Equally sized flop, uh, bigger flop, Strange Worlds or something. I never even yeah, heard Strange of it. Worlds. Yeah, I didn't even hear the... about it until after it came out. That's the problem. I, I know. That, that's so. For those who don't know what we're talking about, sorry, this is an unprompted. Uh, well, I almost brought this up as an official here. topic, so let's go into it. Is that Strange Worlds? Uh, before we get to that, though, I, we are going to talk about Glass Onion, the Knives Out mm-hmm. mystery movie. We're also going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special, and we have and other trailer. trailers, great trailers like uh, Mario, um, Guardians Three, and uh, Indy Five, among other things. But now, just because we've unprompted, we have to just we have to open up I, this can of worms. Well, a yeah, bit. I almost and, made it a topic because it's crazy. So Strange Worlds uh, flopped hard at the box office, and you know it's. To me, it was a testament, and people. There are people who are like trying to find other reasons, like, oh, it's because it had a gay, gay relationship in it or something, know. right? Did not even know. Did not yeah. even know that any of that. Um, I think it's just the fact that I was looking forward to Strange Worlds because I liked the idea of it. You know, it's sort of the old timey adventure type movie, um, adventure sci-fi adventure and type strange movie, world. like uh, no S. Strange World. See, we don't even know what it's called. Yeah, and no, it's just terrible advertising. It's very clear. And Bob Chapek made this very clear. You know when he was still running at that, he did not give a fuck about animation. Did not care about animation. It's not for and adults. And likely, and it's not for adults. Likely didn't just didn't even push the advertising. The fact that you didn't even know it existed, we can't even get the name right. I was even looking forward to, it, but still didn't see it. But that was because I was busy. So there's one other thing. It's just all around bad time. Bad job, Disney. Bob Iger, go in there and fix your fix your house. I'm sure you will, and things will be good. Um. But yeah, I'll, I'll watch it when it comes on Disney Plus because I just haven't had a chance. But, yeah, uh, it was weird. just crazy. I saw it was on the list of the box office. I even went to the movie theater and didn't see a poster for it, even though it was playing the same time as Glass Onion. Like really, like it no was poster. playing on screens. Why did you I didn't have even a G and Onion. What Nick? Am I just hearing say onion? Say onion. Say onion. Nick. Glass Onion. Okay, I I, I sounded like he was saying onion, and I was like, "What onion? <laughs> Sorry, <Maybe. laughs> onion. Whatever." The listeners will know what the truth is. But we yeah, I didn't back. even. It was playing there. I didn't even notice. That's weird. Like, I mean, this seems to be just a a very very 
uh, open and shut case of poor advertising on Disney's part. So uh, I, in the movie itself sounds like it's okay, but not great, which is not, you know, that probably doesn't help. But I mean, Encanto didn't do very well last year either. Mm. It wasn't until it did okay. Um, but it was only until when at least on Disney plus that people like, you know, it became a big cultural phenomenon and all that. So maybe it is indicative of a bigger problem just because, uh, Lightyear, Lightyear completely underperformed as well. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing and about that one should have been a is, hit. <laughs> I liked, you know, I like, I've liked a lot of the last few Disney movies. I didn't like Ralph Breaks the Internet that much. Um, there are a couple that I didn't recent, like, just like five years ago. <laughs> that wasn't five years ago, was it? That was like a year and a half ago, two years. Wasn't ago. Like, I was still at the movie theater when Ralph Breaks the Internet came out. Was so it? that was pre-pandemic. Oh, <laughs> List of. That was at least five years ago. 2018. Four or five. Boom. November. Four. That was five. Oh, my God. I'm getting so old. <laughs> You're getting so old. So, Listen, you can't. Four years. Jesus Christ. That was five years ago. That no, was four, four years ago. ago. Four years. I was okay. wrong. Okay. Year. okay. But I mean, that's you were closer than I was. So, well, yeah. But recently, my point is, is I'm, recently tra- I'm looking. I'm looking at the list of Disney animated movies. Um, where the hell are they? Okay, so oh, uh, Encanto, and before that was Raya and the Last Dragon. That wasn't very good. No, um, we talked about that. Before that, oh, before that was Frozen Two. Not very good. Oh, Ralph breaks. We just talking Disney. That. Not very. So you're good. just talking. You're yeah. not talking Pixar. I'm just talking Disney. Buzz Lightyear just was Pixar. Disney. Okay, because I like the one with the uh, kid. I don't know what that means. That was What's stupid. Uh, I like. I like the one I. <laughs> say the kid i mean tom holland i like the one with tom holland and uh chris pratt that was pixar oh onward. and that was pixar. and uh uh soul or whatever but yeah also pixar and turning red yeah pixar's been doing good but also they have been anyway side tangent i just thought it was an interesting box office to look at because you also had a second spielberg movie underperforming and i have a theory about that too and then you had glass onion actually coming in onion <laughs> Maybe I do well, say I with a G coming about in. Did you hear that? There is a G in there. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's uh, the thing about uh, the theory I have about Steven Spielberg is his movies that aren't genre are really boring. That's my theory. They're just boring yeah. subject matter well, a lot of times. They're very dry. I'm thinking like my mind goes to Bridge of Spies and I'm like, ugh, really? that's so boring. Bridge of Spies is the last good drama I can think of his. Like I find like Lincoln and stuff Which far is, b- no, more, more say, boring than Bridge of Spies. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not it's not something that I look at and go like, oh, that looks like something I want to see. It's yeah. more like that's like something I want to sit in and watch at home. It's not a theatrical experience. Well, someone brought up my before we move on to the our actual reviews, which is coming up in just a moment. Um, someone brought up a great theory that I liked on Twitter about why I like people are like, oh, no, all of our Oscar movies are flopping. Like, why don't you people see real movies and stop going to like fun movies like glass onion which technically doesn't fall in their category glass but onion. It, it, the reason is yeah maybe i'm saying it like gorlami i'm just gonna pronounce it that's the brad pitt the glorious bastards way i'm no, aware but... what the reference is <laughs> <laughs> no but um i like this guy's theory he's like well maybe stop releasing every oscar worthy movie within two months of each other and people would see them if they were spread out throughout the year instead of having to choose between like 30 movies at boring. once yeah, they're boring, boring. too, I've, but I've spread ne- out your boring I've movies. I've never, uh, no, no. I've never gone to the theater in December and been like, oh, God, which 
big drama do I want to see of a list of 10 boring movies? I've never had that problem personally. And I don't think the majority of people do. Normal people. Not Maybe people are just fans. done with that garbage at the film. The I'm, not, theaters. I'm not saying it's garbage. I'm just saying <laughs> it's not like something that you want to go to the theater and escape to. I'm just saying today as an adult, having to live on my own money, if I have $20, am I going to see Glass Onion or am I going to see anything else? Bridge of Spies 2, Bridge Harder. What's his? I don't even know his movie. What's his movie? The Fablemans, the one that's like about himself. It's like someone else oh. should have waited and made his biopic. You know, the don't make your is, own biopic. I, you know, obviously I'm not as tapped into movies as I as I was back when I was editor-in-chief, but I'm definitely more tapped in than most people, and I've only tangentially heard about that through social media. So that is the problem. That's the big problem is advertising has been shit. And there's this idea that these days we don't know what's going to be theatrical and what's not going to be theatrical. Mm. And it's just hard to keep track of. It's just like we just assume, okay, I guess I'll catch that in streaming because – who knows what's going to theaters at this point? Well, other good than the big news. Movies. They've already announced the streaming date for the Fablemans. So you don't have to oh, even okay. give it a second thought now. Now that Ooh, it flopped, it's like, oh, it's coming out in early January. It's like, good. I don't need to go. Yeah. Anyway, much. <laughs> speaking anyways, of movies. Hold on, hold on. This is a great transition, though, because we were talking about box office and um, Glass Onion. It was a resounding success. Number three uh, with 600 theaters. Yeah, and according to CNBC, this is a movie that could have made over two hundred million dollars, but because I still Netflix think only hold on because Netflix only played it oh you know for a week and a limited been, release brace and a limited release uh, there have been there's there's over a hundred million dollars of money that's just being left on the table as a result. So what are your thoughts on that? I still, I mean, yeah, I think they knew that all along. It's just the reason. Why would they do that? Because Why, actually, what can they you tell w- me about what what is the logical reason for them saying, you know, if we actually do a normal theater release, we can make two hundred fifty million dollars. Let's just do a week release and make fifteen to twenty million dollars. Well, it would instead. kill the reason they paid for it. The reason they paid it, for it no, was to have it? exclusive, like you no, have to it? subscribe to no, Netflix no, 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 to no, no, see no, no, it. No, they paid for it so they can make money from it. Yeah, but they pay for sense? it. How does it make more sense? We don't know how many viewers money. they're expecting to get from it. Like most ha- people don't even know it has a theatrical release, and they're waiting for that. Like, but here's my question though: is like, obviously, we don't have the data. I mean, we don't know how much money they make upon releasing something because literally, what they they only I don't know how they track it, but it's I guess it's like we release something, and then we see how the subscribers respond, how many mm-hmm. people add the subscription. I don't know if it's possible for them to correlate new subscribers within the release window of Glass Onion on Netflix streaming and equate that to, oh, we've made back our $450 million investment for two movies. I just don't think it's it's financially possible for them to make back that money, and it's more effective for them to do so in a theatrical release than it is buried with all the other content they have on Netflix streaming. I don't understand i mean i knew this is coming from me think about where i was four years ago back when ralph breaks the internet was hitting theaters or before that <laughs> uh i was all about streaming i was thinking oh yeah this is totally working this is totally working it's very clear as of right now based on disney plus what's happening there based on netflix's recent issues yes they're doing better now but like they are hitting some issues go ahead um, and, and say it Janet. Max, that... just say it just say what? it 
who who was right who was right years ago i would make this about you right who was right you're probably right you were probably thank you earlier this year years (laughs) Years, no years ago i've been when jammer and i were doing lr mornings and and even back on the uh those fanboys days i was saying streaming is not sustainable you're not going to get the money that you think you are back catalogs uh having you know older stuff that you're not having to actively produce and spend money to produce that is relatively sustainable if you can maintain a a a uh, solid subscriber base but the, the problem was is people were like oh i've already watched the office four times why do i need x streaming service and that's why you started getting the original stuff being made and it doesn't make enough money anyways in defense of past jammer um <laughs> this is there i was definitely going on this we don't know we don't know the data like we don't know what it, how they track it and how they equate a financial uh profit or not uh at netflix but after we've seen other streaming services do things and have problems it's very clear that it's hard to do how much did disney lose on disney plus in the first quarter they lost a lot 1.5 billion on their last uh financial statement. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I mean, and they're a successful streaming service. They're an unmitigated success. Well, I just did a, if anyone caught it, I did a sly reference to a very successful Netflix program when I went. By the but, way, uh, Wednesday is fucking awesome. It's great I'm, so far. I'm four episodes in. I'm loving it. It's I'm so four good. episodes in too. We should get back on topic, but I also get, love okay. Wednesday. Okay. Glass, so glass let's onion. roll into glass onion. Uh, which we did both see at theaters because we're yes, good we people. Yay! What do you mean um, good people? What does that mean? We still see. I don't know. We couldn't help ourselves but pay money for something that would be free later. Well, yeah, th- there was no way that I wasn't going to be seeing yeah. Glass Onion in, in well, theaters if there was an option. It was a last um, minute decision for me. Um, I mean, Knives Out. Knives Out is probably people ask what your what's your favorite movie. I can never say like, oh, this is my favorite movie. I think Knives Out might be close to me being able to say it is my favorite movie of all time. So there was no way that I was going to miss a theatrical release of the sequel. And I don't um, believe you saying that because. Um... Oh, wow. Glass Onion's playing through Sunday at a location nearby here. Sorry. You still have a chance. You still have a chance to see it, folks. If you if you're listening to this on. Well, before the Sunday, uh, before the fourth. It's more December, than a week long release. You can see it. Well, they probably want to get the second weekend. Yeah. Um, originally, it was just as though. Yeah. And only one theater, only one Alamo draft house in the entire state has it. Only one theater in the entire state has it. But. So Glass Onion was released uh, and it has a 93%. Ah, that's why I was looking up. I was trying to make you stall so I could look that up. <laughs> and uh, audience score of 93%. So literally the audience and the critics are 100% in sync. So here must be is the synopsis. Benoit Blanc returns to peel back the layers in a new Ryan Johnson whodunit. This fresh adventure finds the intrepid detective at a lavish private estate on a Greek island. But how and why he comes to be there is the only is only the first of many puzzles. Blanc soon find, uh, meets a distinctly disparate group of friends gathering at the invitation of billionaire Miles Braun for their yearly reunion. Among those on the guest list are Miles' former business partner, Andy Brand, current Connecticut governor, Claire DeBella, cutting-edge scientist Lionel Toussaint, fashion designer and former model Birdie J, and her con- 
and her conscientious assistant, Peg, and I have to click show more. An influencer, Duke <laughs> Cody, and his sidekick girlfriend, Whiskey. As in all the best murder mysteries, each character harbors their own secrets, lies, and motivation. When someone turns up dead, everyone is a suspect. Did you practice that? No, just I because just uh, his accent moment. is not even the typical Southern accent. That's a very. I just like got a... a text from Kirsten, and she said the accent. No. <laughs> she can hear you. She can hear me. I say yes. You say yes. That was a good Nick accent. says yes. <laughs> yes, Glass Onion, a sequel to Knives Out, from a guy who says it's his favorite movie, but he hasn't even seen the closest film by the same director. Um, That's uh, unrelated. Unrelated. Other than the same director, but my point is, is that Knives Out is different type of movie. Well, so is a Brothers Bloom. You just never even given it. I, I'll get to it eventually. I never said I wasn't. I just said I haven't gotten to it yet. So, spoiler-free thoughts on. Glass Onion. See, now I'm pronouncing it with the G. You were always pronouncing it I with know, the G. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> so, Glass Onion, does this movie live up to the legacy of what I consider to be one of my favorite films? Yes, it does. It very much does. Uh, admittedly, I do miss the fall aesthetic. The clothing isn't as textured and beautiful to look at as it is in the previous movie. It doesn't have that vibe. But regardless of that stupid, very uh, subjective quibble that I have, the movie itself is just a pl- like applaud worthy. Uh, it's it manages to capture the same feel of a mystery as the first movie in the types of twists and turns that it has without making it a copy of the types of twists and turns that we got. Cause I remember I was, you know, rewatching knives out as I do every five minutes and mm-hmm. thinking to myself, watch. how do they, how do they live up to this? Because the first one had such an interesting twist on it where it's like, you find out what happened 40 minutes or 30 minutes into the movie. I'm like, what the hell is the rest of the movie going to be like? And I was worried going into this one that it was going to be the exact same type of format, but it's, it's not, but at the same time, it's, it kind of has that same sort of twist and, and it keeps you on your toes the entire time. And uh, it does a great, it continued amazing characterization of Benoit Blanc, not just the performance, but also in how the character is written and the, the personality they inject into him without taking away from how good of a detective he ultimately is. Um, the ensemble cast, is, they mm. all do amazing work. And uh, like before, it's like you're wondering what's what is the mystery? Who Who's the guilty person here? Like I didn't know until literally like a little bit before everything was unraveled. Like it's it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even know if we know what the mystery is until mm. pretty yep. deep into the movie. And it's like, oh, that's what we're solving here. Okay, interesting. And it's just, it's very unique, yet very tried and true to the whodunit genre. So another great movie. Um, I love it. I wanted, I haven't seen it again yet. I'm definitely going to at some point. And I know, I think I, I want to be able to revisit, you know, those scenes early on and be like, oh, how are they planting this? How are they doing that? And, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. But either way, really fun, um, engaging, a win. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> I can't decide if it's better or not because they're very different same here. They same have here. to be yeah. different. Otherwise, you're watching the same thing again. Not just the cast, which is very, very different. Or even the type of characters. Instead of a family, it's basically a bunch of people you would despise on the internet these days. In fact, yeah, a bunch of influencers. Yeah, he, basically, in some way or another, disruptors. Oh my God. Uh, people tweeted that, that uh, they're like, oh my God, he didn't write this movie this week because Edward Norton is basically Elon Musk in many ways. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, and he just, just, exploded i mean everyone knows who he is but like with this whole twitter debacle it's like this is this is elon musk um yeah i really loved it um yeah you have to get used to a different cast obviously and a very different style of telling a murder mystery where i i don't think this is a spoiler it just takes forever to even like you don't even know what the crime is for like an hour yeah. They're like sitting there, like, okay. oh, who's it's, gonna it's kill who so or something? Though. No, it's great though, but it, yeah. it it reverses the formula by doing that. Like you said, in a knives out, you know who committed the murder like 30 minutes in. Um, you don't know all the details, but you know who died and why or why they died. You think you know at least all the details. And yeah. this is like this is almost me being like, This is great character work, but there is gonna there is gonna be a, a crime in this movie eventually, right? There are there are dinosaurs on this tour, uh, right? So, but in a good way, where it's just you're like you're so entrenched, and again, the drama between the characters, mm-hmm. which is what makes his movie special, and the dialogue, and of course, my other favorite guy. I'm always referencing Twitter on all these shows, but I, the best stuff I see is on Twitter. Someone put a poster of him from both movies, the outfits he's wearing, and they're like, when the director decides you're gay between movies. I didn't see it. I saw that 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 post. I did not. I, I don't know if I noticed any difference. I did just because the direct. I know. I mean, the main difference is. I don't. It's not a spoiler. We meet his boyfriend, husband, or whatever. I mean, that's the main difference, but that's like. But that's but not, I only noticed that because the director represent- said that too. Like he said that in between movies, he's like, "Oh yeah, I made him gay," and it's like you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but great movie. Do you want to go into spoilers just because it's hard to um, talk about this well, movie what, what, all before, without spoilers? Before, oh, we got to give our, our rating beforehand and then we'll go ahead and uh, set Kyle free for a bit. Um, a plus. So, yeah, I think if it's almost if it's almost as good as your favorite movie, it's got to be an A plus, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was almost as good as I said that it you lives up decide. to the legacy. Oh, OK, um, and maybe it will be better as of right now. I'm going to have to. S- I think I'll have to say A plus as well. Yeah, it's just it's a Aldo. It's I my sister just watched this week um, Death in the Nile because I convinced her to, and the, he's doing a good job with those. But I mean, it's it's funny that it feels like it could be the, okay. an Agatha Christie. No, I'm just saying like this feels like it's an Agatha Christie story, but it's you know completely original. And I mean, Death on the Nile. It, I thought was pretty. It was good, but I feel like. Because the thing is, I thought Murder on the Orient Express, the recent one with Kenneth Branagh, who directed by him, I thought it was boring. Um, I didn't like it at all, and I thought yeah, I same like with that it. one. And then Knives Out was like, oh, this is what I want. Death and Denial was still better. Pales in comparison to Knives Out or Glass Onion, unfortunately. No, agreed. But that one, yeah. I don't know. That's obviously what they're going for, and it's very interesting sure. that they're able to make, make an original prod like obviously those movies feel original to me because i don't go and investigate who the killer is before i see a uh pero 
Is that his name? Oh, Poirot. Poirot movie. Poirot. Poirot. Not even going to try it again. Um, Hercule Poirot. Let's go. Let's go into spoilers now. We'll get Kyle a signal or something afterwards. I'll text him. Okay. Okay. All right. So spoilers. So, uh, First of all, as we mentioned, it did take a long time for the mystery to actually uh, unravel. Like we didn't know, we didn't know who was going to die because obviously at the beginning it says you're going to solve the the mystery of my death when they got sent that box or the, my murder, and I was like, oh, is he actually dead? But no, he's not. He's just a guy putting on a, a mystery party. I was like, okay. Then it became, who invited? Uh, I almost called him Foro. What Benoit Blanc onto the island, and then it becomes who's going to try to kill him. And then, oh, who just killed uh, Dave Batista? And then, oh, wait, the no, no. The toxic fanboy, like, not even fanboy, the toxic Twitch streamer. Twitch streamer. Um, and then it becomes, oh, who who killed, um, oh, my God, I forgot her name. Uh, gosh, who is it? I can't the, the remember woman, the name of the The woman who died at the beginning. Yeah. The yeah. Character. And then who killed her twin sister? That's what I'm talking about. Which you think is the woman at the beginning. But she uh, doesn't Janelle Monae's character, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if she's, her character, her sister's name is Andy, or if the the character's name is Andy. Sister's name is Andy. Uh, The the one that got killed, the one that's expected to be there, his name is Andy. Okay, so Andy, it it becomes who killed Andy. So it literally is like a layer of, oh, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, no, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, this is the mystery. And then it kind of just circles back to like, oh, so ultimately who killed both this person and that person? And it's just so clever how they do that. And I remember one thing I thought was interesting about how it was structured is it took us a while um, to get to the point where murder happens. And then the murder happened. And then one had happened before. But we didn't know Earlier about it. in the but, film. But the point is, in but think, not earlier in the film, later in the film. Earlier, earlier in the, in the story timeline. Line. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that when I was going, like when they, after he gets murdered, stuff happens. And then Janelle gets shot. Janelle Monet's character gets shot. And then at the end, like, uh, what's his name? Benoit Blanc's like, we'll put an end to this. I'm like, the mystery just started. What do you mean we'll put an end to this? And then flashback to everything that came before. And it really just like, not just enlightened what we saw, but like recontextualized everything. And it was, it was slowly, just slowly, but surely just blowing my mind. And it, peeling back the layers as they say um pretty consistently so like whew. ryan johnson you're good at mystery structure man yeah i can't wait I to, to see say. what he does with the next one i mean looking forward to the next one after just getting this one and not seeing it a second time yet on netflix is he hasn't even started writing it yet but like Apparently, i love when like year he's people are already it. like who would you cast and i have a great list but we're not we're wasting too much time i mean we don't want to spend too much time on glass onion or at least the sequel to glass onion but um yeah, dude, I loved it. I was enthralled by the characters and their relationships and that, yeah, the, the whole disruptors thing. And my favorite part of the reveal is just when he's calling out how stupid Edward Norton has been the entire yeah. movie, where he's like, this man used this word, which didn't make any sense to me. And then he I used remember, this word, which is not even a real word. I remember uh, in the movie when he was using those words, I was like, that's wrong. But I didn't even notice. I'm like, OK, it's Edward Norton. He's. What I, my favorite part, my favorite part of the reveals, it has to do with Benoit Blanc's character, because for the first quarter of the movie, he was um, 
he was being played as incredibly awkward in an endearing way. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, wow, they're really humanizing this character a lot. They're making him really like very awkward and being like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm very polite. Da, 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 da. You know, not that he's not polite, but he just seems so awkwardly innocent and like he wanted to protect him almost because he's feel like oh i'm you guys are all friends i didn't realize i'd be the only one here this and that and thank you for inviting me like and him going like why are you here and he's like uh you invited me it just seemed increasingly awkward and i felt really bad for him only to find out that that entire thing was a facade that he put on and now is this it continues the trend from the first movie where you know he kind of plays himself off as uh a southern hokey idiot golly whiz idiot a bumbling <laughs> idiot and even after watching the first movie and realizing like he knew from the very beginning that marta was involved in the murder and the death of um the christopher Plummer's character like i didn't I, I was thinking oh this character is being characterized a little bit differently which is fine only to find out that oh no he's actually still got his shit together but it just plays it really well i just thought that was really cool I just love like there's a lot to love about it. Um, just all the <laughs> the movie star references, and then how the Jeremy Renner hot sauce one actually pays that off. Was but there's so like good. Jared Leto kombucha, like, which and who so knows many, how much of that is real? I mean, I guess he's rich. He probably did meet all those people, but so many good moments too. Like <laughs> you brought up the Jared, uh, the kombucha thing. Like it just reminds me of that moment where uh, Dave Batista was just like almost outed edward norton's character being like hey you remember the time you almost hit me at on the way to and he's like oh uh whose party was it again anthony board oh, no, no, uh, no no uh anderson cooper anderson cooper because he's like at andy and he's like anderson cooper's party he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah and like i was i remember thinking like it, it was such an interesting distraction because i didn't even notice that he interrupted him yeah until the time before until like they 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 flash back and they saw that I'm like oh yeah he did interrupt him I just assumed it was Anderson's Cooper Cooper's party and then like another great moment kind of like that was when he um he handed Dave Batista his glass. I saw that though. I saw that like, too I did see I that, that and I never doubted I saw that, that too yeah I knew it was him I was like but then they they really played off really well it made me doubt what I had seen because they showed it again and they showed him put it on the table and I was like oh I guess I miss saw that um. And there was also, I was keeping an eye on that glass for another reason is because, and I don't know if this is a flaw, but let me know if you think here. I saw Catherine Hahn's character staring at that glass and, and I was like, something's in that glass. And then it ended up being what killed him. But pineapple I'm not sure juice. if that was just a red herring. It was pineapple juice, right? I don't fuck with pineapple. <laughs> His line was, it wasn't that because it's rated PG-13, but he's like... No, they said fuck once in the, in the movie. Okay. I don't think it was pineapple, though, because they re- flash back to that scene. They would have had to use it twice. But um, no, I also like just, yeah. Well, with that, I figured someone was trying to poison him at that point. He just put the, like the poison ice or whatever in his glass. Mm, Even yeah. though he placed on the table like that, I didn't know if it was intentional or not. But I definitely saw it happen the way that. Yeah. One of, whatever Daniel Craig's character, whose name I also dare not pronounce, uh, you know, brings up where he's like, we all saw this, you know, but this is what actually happened. You know, we thought we saw that. And the other, I think what, go ahead. ahead. What I think Ryan Johnson is really good. In addition to making amazing mysteries though, is making a, making it really cathartic that we get to screw over these people. 
he did that in Knives Out with the family. It's like these people mm-hmm. are shitty. They don't deserve anything. And in this one, this guy is terrible. And then seeing like them like sort of just knock everything down and like in the in the glass onion and having it be like this cathartic moment. And then at the very end where they're like, I remember this happening. And he's just like, oh, come on, guys. And it's like, yeah, I remember this happening. And it's just like, yes, we want to watch this guy just burn. And it's just so satisfying in a way that I don't know we get in a lot of other mysteries. I love that Blanc just kind of leaves at that point and lets her lets Annie's uh, Andy's uh, sister just kind of like figure it out on her. Oh, she's destroying shit. And that leads to the very obvious plant earlier in the movie, which I was waiting for the entire time. We're like, fill a building with this and it'll explode. And I was like, his building's full of that. He already said that it's full of that fuel. So what does what does the glass, how does that, her knocking over everything affect the gas? How does that work? It I'm doesn't, um, but it gets everyone, uh, it doesn't, but eventually she starts that fire. Um, Got which it. Which is what causes it. The other part's just her being angry. And she's like, I don't even know if she burns the stuff on purpose. That's just more of her anger. I mean, she fit. definitely burns stuff on purpose. But I mean, but like, if that's why she was doing it or not, but got it. And I felt that that was the part that brought me out of it the most compared to the first one is, you know, ends with a big explosion and stuff, but it's a different story. Um, no one gets hurt by the explosion or anything. It's just, and they, uh, the cast is so good. Actually, one of my favorite moments, it's, is that there is a murder mystery party and Blanc like solves it. Like before oh, he's instantly. done explaining it, he's like, oh, I get it. You have her seated across from the. Yeah, I think and Edward about... Norton's just so deflated. And he's like, I had uh, the writer of Gone Girl write that. Okay, he names yeah, the, flame, the writer, but yeah. I just love also like the very end of it. You just see the arrow hit him and like fake blood just come yeah. out. And it's just like, oh, that, that's it. That was the mystery. And just um, the, even the idea where like, you know, he's he's has everything do something for him, which is why he tries to seem smart. And then even when Blanc's going over everything, he's like, wait a minute. You stole the most clever part of the thing from me when I was telling you earlier. Yeah. With the lights going out and the gun being out. He's like, I, he's like, I told you that earlier. I, uh, <laughs> I also like so that was another moment where when Benoit Blanc did solve that instantly, I was thinking, is he so socially awkward? He doesn't realize that it's probably not a good idea just, just to reveal the mystery before it's even started. Um, but then of course he revealed that he did that on purpose and stuff. Well, I would feel that he'd do that anyway, but I like though he's like, I just wanted to get that out of the way because there's a much bigger thing brewing here. Right. Uh, Any complaints at all about the story? I would just say, uh, the explosion still feels a little out of place, but it works. Why? I don't know. It just, I don't it just see. And him just kind of backing off seemed out of place at first and letting Def- her. You mean Edward Norton backing off? No, uh, Blanc just kind of leaving. He's like, I can't help you anymore. And he leaves and then she figures out a way to help herself. I mean, I think it's empowering. I think this, these movies seem to be about empowering, uh, frankly, women of color in situations. Yeah, it's true. And so it's like, I could see that. It's it's kind of like yes, Benoit Blanc is is uh, is probably the main character, but at the same time, they do these best their best to kind of have a secondary and protagonist, and they're they're usually the ones that have to who would traditionally be the main character of these stories and are really trying to push it through and giving them that agency. I think is important, and I think at the end of the day, like he's at uh, at the behest of the law, and 
can't or he even says the line i'm not batman i'm not batman right he's not he's like i'm here to solve the mystery and that's it yeah and i also yeah that was great did you do you recognize did you recognize the actor that's in both films yeah uh with okay. his friend yeah his, his co-writer uh, slash his friend co-writer. says brick he's been yeah, an actor so since he, brick he was a uh, another he was also a great part of the first knives out yeah the other detective guy detective and this he's the stoner dude and you like I I was expecting him to be involved, but I love that Edward Norton's character just said it as it was true. He's like, he's not involved in any of this. He's just around. And he's I'm like, maybe there. he's on like he's on the island. He could be involved. But no, he's just getting stoned. What I love is that for me, I was like, I hope he's not involved because I feel like it'd be too obvious if he was. Yeah, that's why I, I, I like the truth in the movie. Sometimes where like a character will say something and you're like, hmm. And he's like, no, he was absolutely right. He said he's not involved. He wasn't involved in any of the murder or the stealing anything. He's just his friend who he lets smoke weed on his island or whatever. But yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, have no, I don't think I have any complaints. I, I love No, and this. my complaints weren't complaints either. They were just why it's kind of different. Yeah. But yeah. great movie. Recommend it to all. Absolutely. Especially if you, like, if you like the first one, you're like, oh, I'm nervous. This is not going to be as good. It's it's going to at least be a worthy successor if, if it's not as good. OK, you can text Kyle or whatever. OK, Kyle, go. Kyle. So let's go ahead. We don't need him to do anything. We can move on he to the next topic graphics. without him. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the next topic anyway. And we'll uh, here you go. He's coming back. So go ahead and, and introduce the next topic, Nick. We're also going to give a much briefer review, especially since Kyle and I already reviewed it on Marvel Multiverse Mayhem, where you can hear it, um, which was also this week, Marvel Multiverse Mondays again, because it didn't matter what day we did it. Um, we're going to also do a quick review of Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which is our most, which is the real end of uh, it's not the Phase 4. It's James Gunn ca- said it is. I don't count the specials. I don't, I don't know why you do. I was really pissed at your review. I didn't finish it because not because of that reason, because something else came up and I never went back to it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, how are you not counting? Perhaps definitely a top three project of phase four is Werewolf by Night. No, no. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Werewolf by Night was fine. But it was like if you had said there's a second episode of Werewolf by Night, I'd be like, OK, I'm not really interested. That's why it worked. It only needs to be 50 no, minutes. No, that's not so why it introduce a lot of it, characters. I think there should be more, boring. more, more of those and less six hour shows introducing I characters. Like the style, same effect. I thought it was boring. I think you're high to include to call Werewolf by not Night yet. a top three, a top three, top three in a lousy phase as everyone's calling it. It's still not a top three in this phase. No way. Loki, WandaVision, Song-Chi, Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, all no better, way than, home. better than those. Yeah, easy. That's one of the only projects that didn't fall apart at any point to me. Like, Shang-Chi completely loses me in the third act. It also like, never completely. came together for me. So, oh, mm. sorry. I'm not, I don't really care. Let's go <laughs> ahead and, and talk about Guardians. Guardians. Uh... I was really tepid on it. I gave it a lower grade than even Kyle and Kyle's like the anti phase four, like any project. This is, this is better. This was better than werewolf by night easily. <laughs> no, but see, here's, here's my problem with it. Werewolf by night set us up and James Gunn, I feel like set us up too, where he was like, this is super important to the next one. And it's what like, no, it is about That's James Gunn fault. said that No, James Gunn with... said that he's like, this You're is essential in... viewing for volume three. Your, it's going to show us Nick. locations. We haven't seen that are important to the next movie. Why did like, you go okay. in expecting that out of a fucking holiday special? 
because James Gunn said it about his own project. He's like, this is essential viewing. This is Guardians 2.5. We're going to introduce important locations and characters to the next movie. And it's like, you reintroduce... Well, no, spoiler-free. Let's just do spoiler-free real quick. B-. minus. It is what it is. It's a, it is a holiday special, which is also promised in the title. Yeah, I'll give it a B. Um, it, it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was funny. I thought it captured the holiday spirit, and I'll watch it during Christmas every year. Okay, that's not. what I was going to ask. Like, Manny and people yeah. are like, that's going to be a yearly tradition. And I'm like, I will yep. probably never watch that again, except for with my roommate. Disagree. Like, Hard disagree. Because, I don't know, it was just, it's just, let's, I mean, it's just, this isn't even a spoiler yet, so I can say it. It's too long. There are so many scenes that can be shortened in half, especially, and I love Drax and Mantis together. But like we didn't need to spend that long on Hollywood Boulevard. We didn't need to spend that long in the bar. We didn't need to spend that long with the Kevin Bacon conversation on the the ship. It just all that felt like filler to me to get to like 45 minutes when it should have been like a 30 minute or even 22 minute Christmas. I don't special. think they were trying to get to 45 minutes. I think he was just allowing himself to be indulgent and have fun with it. That's true. Like the opening I, I song, I was completely out of it already. I thought it was cute. And there's one thing Kyle and I mentioned was that it felt like Suicide Squad, the first one to a point where it's like, let's cram 10 songs into 45 minutes. And like, let's cram all my favorite Christmas songs, like just 30 seconds of all of them and just make sure there's music. It wasn't even I just even 30 seconds. That. They played like a whole minute plus of. And then they jumped seven, straight into songs. another song. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was music that. over overload. But didn't even notice. That's funny. That's my spoiler for you for your free review. There's not oh, really yeah, there's I'm... only one spoiler in the entire thing. So it's Is not there? like what's the spoiler? Spoiler alert. The She's his... and then Kyle agreed with you, but I never thought of it that Mantis is his sister. No, that's not I never thought of that. That's that's like obvious. We knew that she was I know, that's daughter. what Kyle said. I never thought I didn't know it was his, his daughter. I, like, I thought I it was an alien he re- grabbed to calm him down. When they revealed that, I was just like, Is that I thought we knew that already. Like Star Lord was somehow surprised. Star Lord was somehow surprised. I, I wasn't mean, surprised, but I was like, oh, I never thought of that. Of course she would be. But yeah. I mean, I thought the show was I thought it was fun. I had a good time watching it. It did what it promised to do. Outside of James Gunn making promises. But like when you hear Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I like, OK, I'm expecting goofiness. I'm expecting ridiculousness. I'm expecting some holiday vibes. I got all of that. I had a good time. I wasn't going in with expectations of like, oh, this is essential viewing. I have to I have to make sure I have my notebook out so I can see how this connects to the greater universe. Like I wasn't going in expecting that at all or even bitty big reveals. Um, so, yeah, I, just had to, I thought it was what it set out to be, which is great. Just fun, entertaining, engaging. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I don't regret watching it. I don't regret watching anything Marvel, even in phase four. But I'll eat my Marvel and be happy and smile like it's candy. But okay, I'm less, surprised you didn't like it more. I don't know. It's just the way it was set up. I think is like he kept saying it was mostly his so comments. Again, yeah, I was like, you need to stop taking like listening to his comments and setting expectations based on that. It's true because that's just a recipe for disappointment. Well, if he didn't say that, yeah, it's because he was wrong. And how would you have felt if he he didn't say that? Much better about it, especially if there was nowhere up by night, which. 
again seem to move the MCU forward by introducing How? new characters. How? What, what it, did it move forward? It moved it introduced forward. characters that could be used that in like across different platforms. Probably you're never. never see him if again. if anything, maybe maybe Blade, maybe or yeah. like Moon Knight or something. Considering his first comic was a Moon Knight appearance, or vice versa. I can't remember. No, his first appearance was a Moon Knight comic. Who's his? Uh, Werewolf by Night. Is that the character's name, Werewolf by Night? I mean, that's like what the comics... I mean, yeah, that's like, you know, Werewolf by Night, just like it's like the Invincible Iron Man or like Ronan the Accuser. But what's or the like, character's name? I don't remember at all. Okay, <laughs> I remember Todd's I... name. Gotcha. So you're talking about Gael Garcia Bernal? Yeah, right? who was awesome in it. He was okay. He was fine. There wasn't... It was good. It was fine. But I don't understand where this this love is coming from for the for the thing. It was it was cool stylistically, but outside of that novelty, I didn't see that much to to care about. Nah, okay. You're wrong, I think but I think <laughs> I think uh Guardians of the Galaxy did a better job of like getting me emotionally invested. Yeah, it was silly, but I was still like more engaged with the conversations and what was happening and I wanted to see how it turned out. And that was my, I'm just like the other one. I'm just like, okay, there's a fight. Okay. I guess we're just watching them scramble. Okay. They're just fighting each other now. Okay. I, I guess he's friends with the monster. All right. I I didn't, I didn't engage on an emotional level. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I get I, but I feel like James Gunn is still relying on the Yondu relationship, even after he's dead to like tell an emotional story. Like that's the most emotional so, part where he's like, you, I just feel like it's a tired thing for him at this point. I know why? he loves Roker or Rooker, but why is it, why is it a tired thing? I don't think it's tired. I don't know. He could, there's so other, many other emotional moments. He didn't, I don't think he should have included Yondu at all, but it's just a holiday special, man. <laughs> it's just a holiday so you're saying special. because it's a holiday special i just shouldn't critique it because it's you know holiday specials aren't that good so well it's all about it, expectations what is like what expectations are being set based on the trailer uh, like i said it, it didn't i didn't go in there thinking oh i'm ready to like fucking get my mind blown here i came in with certain expectations and it met those expectations um and speaking of yondu i love i didn't love it i thought it was interesting that he went with like a ralph bakshi aesthetic mm-hmm. for like the animation at the beginning and end that was weird it was I, it was a weird choice they he confirmed it they filmed him uh ruger uh um craglin and freaking uh the kid playing young pete filmed them uh in costume everything and hand traced each frame it's funny because mm. to me it looks it looks cg it didn't look rotoscope and it looks like it was faking rotoscope and that was something i found interesting just just not knowing it was going to be anime at the beginning. The first shot was the ship flying in animation. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did he have no budget for this? I'm like, oh, it's animation. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was definitely jarring at the beginning. For sure. Yeah, B minus. I give it a B. It's funny how like our ratings are pretty close together, yet our what we're saying is so... I think you need to rate it lower, Nick. <laughs> well, it's like uh, <laughs> on the Black Adam where... Uh, uh jonesy and uh danny gave it the exact same review but had like the this exact same letter grade but had very different opinions about it and they still ended up at like the same c minus or whatever they picked for it that's funny so you're you're sticking with the b minus you think it's what about what about c plus 
Nah, I don't need to go lower than B minus. It's still the okay. Guardians. It's still, especially Mantis and Drax. It's something that Mantis, I felt, is, I mean, she was just introduced in volume two, but she's been horribly underused. And it was yeah, like nice to see her. I'm like, oh, yeah, she has powers even after Infinity War. I forgot about that. Like, I like seeing them, uh, her, her angry. She's like angry throughout the entire thing. I like seeing that side of her. I thought it was funny. And her just getting angry at Adam or Adam. What the fuck is wrong with me? Kevin Bacon. And it's just like, they hate like, actors. Oh, he's an actor. Oh, it was like, pretend to be Kevin Bacon. Like you don't suck except for you don't suck. I was just like, oh, this is good. This is golden. I love it. All right. There you have it. Our reviews for the week. Unless you want to add anything else on top of that. Nope. I'm good. All right. Let's move into movie news before wrapping up with a hell of a hella like trailers for uh, did you just like have a stroke i wasn't sure what no. that was that was me saying hella hella but is that finally expanding outside of california and that's why i said it was guys live in california and it was another northern california thing that everyone at chapman made fun of northern californians for saying I mean, I lived, grew up in Northern California and used to say it all the time, so I can confirm. Exactly. But now we can talk about going from Disney. We can talk about Warner Brothers woes in two different categories. WBW. Ooh, I like that. Branding. So first of all, this week we got news that legendary, as we expected, uh, legendary entertainment um we've actually already heard that that they were shopping around to a new studio well we heard Um, it wasn't confirmed that they would be leaving but they were clearly just exploring their options in fact back in the day when we covered that article we were like even i think it was me who said that maybe they're just trying to drum up their budget like pay more for us warner brothers always but obviously a possibility yeah for sure but I mean, it seems to have come down. We also seem we also assumed it came down to, or at least the article draws the same conclusion that they were unhappy with their slate, their legendary slate, because their movies are always giant, you know, spectacles. So that would have been two of their films um, in 2021: Godzilla versus Kong and Dune getting put on HBO Max the same time they're in theaters. And, I think that's why they lost Nolan too. I think I believe Oppenheimer oh, is universal. Why they lost Nolan. Definitely why they lost. Nolan. And Zack Snyder is even over at Netflix now with some kind of first look deal. So well, that's a whole separate situation. Well, that's but his was the same thing. Well, yeah, you're oh, right. Was his it? was you. You butchered my movie. Yeah, his was no. Completely. Then you did re-release it, but. Yeah, so legendary entertainment, and the, they say the company behind Dune and Godzilla versus Kong. But I mean, if you go back farther, they've done every Christopher Nolan movie since. They've done so many DC movies. Yeah. I don't know if they've done all of them, but they've done a huge chunk of them. They're essentially like co-producers on the movie, so they've lost a big and even partner. other they Nolan lost stuff. A lot of, like they lost and- a lot of potential like partners for big movies down the line. So who are they going to get to partner with them for the DC movies, or are they going to be footing the bill the entire way? And who's going to help them? dig into china because i know that legendary has huge ties and connections in china and finding ways to uh, be financially profitable over there is going to be more difficult um yeah it's a uh, it's not great for warner brothers i will say um, we haven't it's not got, like we didn't see it coming no and we haven't gotten to the actual story story part of it which is they're going to sony story. We never mentioned yep. where they're going that was because we knew they were we thought we assumed that they were leaving we heard that story 
Sony picked them up. Uh, I think that's a very, I think Sony and Paramount need them the most. Yep. So I was hoping one of those two would pick it up, though. Paramount's pretty set with Skydance and Bad Robot, who does most, who are mostly at their studio, not entirely at their studio. So you got your JJ Power and Skydance does like Mission Impossible and stuff also, which I guess also Bad Robot did. Anyway, Top Gun, basically anything with Harrison, I mean, Tom Cruise. (laughs) I'm confusing my favorite actors now because there's a trailer we're going to talk about later. Um, but yeah, Sony, this is like huge for them. This is gigantic. And I think it's also good because it's funny. It's kind of funny. Did you say it's legendary? It's legendary. That No, but it mostly is because they don't have a streaming service. I think, do they own Crackle though? They do, yes. but Crackle's like a joke. And that was like a... <laughs> Back then, even when they, they were showing have... movies back then, it was before streaming services and that it was just like a web channel with like Joe web Dirt. shorts. And Joe stuff. Dirt 2? That was before even Joe Dirt 2. Joe Dirt 2 was after the streaming service part of it actually started. But like, no, it used to be like five minute shorts, but like Burning Love a... and stuff. They don't have a good streaming. They don't have a successful streaming service, no. I will say. And so like there's not. And Sony actually did. A... I think it was Sony. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but. Was it Sony that basically during the pandemic says, hey, we're just not going to release any movies during yeah. the pandemic because we want to yep. release them theatrically or not at all. And I think that's... And we don't want to endanger re- people, they said. Not that they really right. cared no, about that as much. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, they could have had a chance, like an option to release it in another way, and they chose not to. You know, other... You know, the, doing what HBO did, obviously they don't have a streamer on that level, but they could have put in resources to make Crackle that, or they could have, you know, sold their, their, their movies to, to Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could have licensed it out to Netflix. They could have done all, all sorts of things, but they said no. They, they committed to the theater experience, which obviously is huge for Legendary, who lost out on a lot of money when HBO Max or Warner Brothers decided to unilaterally decide to release all of their movies day and date on the And lease service. some of them out. Uh, Nola Holmes is Legendary. Here and they me. basically turned that into a Netflix franchise. Like, did turn that into Netflix. Netflix got one, and now Netflix able to make the sequels. Yeah. So it's it's a my point is, is that it's very clear that Sony's commitment to theater resonates with them because it means that they won't get screwed out of money. And because it's Sony, they also will likely got a better deal. They probably uh, maybe don't have to pay as much up front or get a bigger cut of it in theatrical releases than they would have gotten with Warner Brothers. So I'm sure there's lots of great reasons for it. But ultimately, ultimately, I think it's a it's a good thing for everyone personally. Um, I think it'll be a good thing. It'll help spread the big budget love. Sony has kind of been playing in the minor leagues now, and I'm interested to see what happens if we spread out some of that wealth to other studios. Do you think Legendary, obviously we know from the story that Dune is staying. It's not like they can bring Dune and the MonsterVerse with them because those are Warner Brother properties. Right. But um, do you think that Sony would try to get Legendary involved in their Spider-Verse? whatever they want to call their madam web possible. and all that stuff it's possible in other words sure. do you think legend do you think sony will corrupt legendary in any way since they make the worst films of any studio i don't think so no i think legendary is too big to be influenced i think it'd be the other way around that's that what i would hope them. that and this is primarily according to multiple articles and and stuff primarily distribution. for distribution distribution i will say it's very interesting universal it makes you even wonder if universal even made an an attempt considering you know legendary was behind like jurassic world and Uh and even had if i'm not mistaken an exclusive 
for for distribution with Universal uh, in between uh, periods with mm-hmm. uh, Warner. So, yeah, I was thinking about that. Jurassic You're too busy World. dumping money into Fast Ten. <laughs> yeah, so much money. That's a different news story. But oh my lord, that yeah. budget hasn't ballooned as much as an Avatar movie where. Uh, James Cameron's like it has to be the third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time to make a profit. I don't know if that's true. That's what he said. That's what he said. I don't know if that's no, true. No, that's not true, but it is that's no way. Budget is Unless insane. that movie costs over a billion dollars to make. I don't know how that's true. It's a lot, but I, I almost added that as a news story, a brief aside. I think we're done talking about legendary. Um that um James Gunn also is like, I want to make 12 more movies in my career. And half of them will be Avatar sequels. Because the other week he was like, I will maybe I won't do four and five. No, five and six. If three and f- no. He said if two does not do uh uh outstanding that they will um end it. Not at do three. four and five. Yeah, because yeah, if three, three is made as far as shot. It's not uh, special. It's effects. not. It's not. Po- it's not post production. Yeah. No, stuff. but it, they shot, shot them back to back. So just yeah. for uh budget uh both movies two and three have an estimated budget of 250 million uh so that's 500 that's 500 million uh on production budget alone tack on a few extra hundred million for you know uh a and pa uh advertising and well Mm. they don't do public affairs but advertising and stuff like that and you as they called it yeah you start (laughs) using the films to send to theaters which they don't have to do anymore yeah you start you start seeing where uh yeah man you got to make quite a bit of money to to make uh but not i don't see how you have to make when the first in the second movie that's what he said for i know that's what he said (laughs) i just don't see i don't see how that's financially a thing and that's the same man you, who... you he would literally like that would be like an 800 million dollar movie and two to three hundred dollar advertising budget that's f- impossible yeah because yeah. it's gonna i mean i've been seeing it more and more online it's gonna be a, it's gonna be top 10 highest grossing movies of all time if not top five people Hopefully. are still have a hunger for it let me ask you guys something uh manny and i talked about this on the mm-hmm. daily cog just briefly uh china china has not been grabbing as many uh western movies as it used to um very notably ignoring several marvel films and costing studios legitimately tens to hundreds of they're like the number two market right so uh what what do you guys think about them continuing to to do that because they really they don't care if they're if they don't get avatar they don't care if they don't get a marvel movie it's great if they do but it doesn't hurt them to not get it it hurts studios and for without getting too political most people should know if you don't china's primary way of waging war is is economic war how Mm -hmm. else to hurt hollywood more than just not put up their movies do you think that will have an effect on uh studios going forward it'll definitely have an effect on the gross of avatar if they don't release it over there i always thought there was a reason for each one make going forward the movies exactly um do do, i have no idea like cutting budgets and stuff i don't know about cutting budgets i think it's it's more of a social thing of them like i feel like people are wanting to see more and more um, LGBTQ representation in movies and studios has that been, been the main problem with China. I know it's the problem yeah, with like studios, a lot of Middle Eastern and studios. studios have been more receptive to that. But China, uh, 
they also need to make them so they can cut them out for Chinese audiences or lose out on the market. I don't know. It's hard to say because they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place of doing something that is, you know, frankly, in my opinion, morally right versus money. It costs yeah. money to do something morally right down the road. So, <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome to the conundrum. Yep. That's I, an interesting I, question. No idea. Like, it could definitely. I feel like, uh, I feel like Sony will probably benefit the most. Yeah. Or like I Universal. Mean, so They're not going to add that shit into movies about family. Like, <laughs> right. There's not going to be any gay characters in Fast and the Furious. Or Transformers anytime soon. Fair. But yeah. It's interesting. I, I didn't think of the China because I think the China thing has mostly it has mostly been d- disagreeing with politics, right? Kyle, it's not like they haven't released a movie not just to release it. Have no, they? That basically so they limit the number of Western uh non Chinese films that are allowed, uh, because it's even uh uh, from other Asian or uh, other other continents, countries, um, they limit the amount per year, and then they are they are able to just pick and choose for for whatever reason. There is a lot of assumptions that the West makes about individual movies on why they don't get picked. Jammer mentioned something very specific, and and that's that movies today have been made when there's things that might test you know the Middle East, might test China that they're cuttable around a lot of those things you think of the lesbian kiss in star wars or something like that right things that you can uh dangle in front of western audiences while being able to cut and and get it released elsewhere but that doesn't always mean every movie that they say no to is because of some cultural thing it okay. legitimately is economic war they just have a number yeah they want to they want to they want to keep the money internal. They want to promote the movies that they're uh, I mean, producing and not ex- have it go overseas. They still had movies making hundreds of millions of dollars while American theaters were struggling closed. So it's it's weird. The the and and they've got such a, a big population, although they're second to India now, as of the most uh, recent world census um, or estimates. Uh, They've got a big enough market that they don't their their theater system, let alone their studios that don't rely on us at all. Don't they don't need the 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 Western uh, movies. They don't need them. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm curious if the next Transformers will even get a Chinese release, because if it doesn't, then it's I don't see that doing super, super hot because that's what made the the Transformers movies mm-hmm. money. That's what's been making fast money. That's that's what yeah, <laughs> makes fast is mostly overseas money. Yeah. And and uh if you see China withdraw more, like I said, as a form of, of economic warfare, because that will hurt, you know, when you're used to, when you're expecting a, a movie, a franchise movie to bring in hundreds of millions from China and all of a sudden they go, we're not, we're not putting it up. That, that plays into what that studio can, can do in the, in the future. And then that hurts the the theaters and that hurts uh, the employees and the, the maintenance people. And that, it's all so connected. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, on that downer note, let's talk about some more Warner. What what was the Warner WDW, Brother Woe? WDW. Yeah. WDW. Warner Brother Woe. Is this really Woe. a Woe, though? 
I, it, I don't know. I think it speaks to explain. What I don't it is know before you. Okay, an so Warner Brothers Television Studio close to striking animation deal with Amazon for DC branded content. So this is kind of following in the footsteps. I'm wondering if part of that is that I, don't, I haven't seen a news story about recently, but remember they were shopping around the Cape Crusader rather than releasing on they, their they own. Were essentially, I wa- they weren't. They weren't. They were slashing animation content. On and they didn't even want to release Max. it. They sold it. I mean, I'm assuming Amazon purchased it. We haven't heard that story if Amazon's getting in getting in on the Warner Brothers DC business. Because I mean, isn't HBO Max? I would still. Cons- I mean, I'm well, sure. Your sentence before I can give you a conclusion. I'm sure Amazon has a uh, a bigger streaming service just because you get it. If you are shipping on Amazon and everyone who uses Amazon gets Prime, it doesn't mean they watch the shows. Right. But I would still assume that HBO Max gets more eyes because it's it's, hey, a, it's a prestige. Don't we don't have data about that. No. So I don't know that. Other than the subscriber counts, I think you're right. Amazon, and I could check this right now just to make sure. Um, subscribers, Amazon Prime. Well, here's the quote while you look that up. Um okay. Oh, you said okay. So, uh, Warner Brothers Television, blah, 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 according to Channing Dungy, uh, she's blah, blah, blah. her quote is with animation, we used to be about staying in house, but now we're doing on different platforms. HBO Max is the first stop, first stop, but we are in the process of closing a deal with Amazon featuring DC branded content and animation. I mostly find that interesting. Because James Gunn also said within the last two weeks that they are looking to make most of their animation projects DCU, as he calls it. He very intentionally said DCU when someone asked him about the DCEU. Um, so like, you know, whereas uh, it's a sh- I almost think that's a shame, too, but that's a different story because um, I'll share that. Oh, Kyle has a number. Netflix. I have numbers, too. Oh, okay. oh he already got them. OK, I didn't realize he put them all there. Go ahead. So Netflix, actually, we'll just ignore that. So Amazon Prime has about 200 million subscribers as of right now, and HBO Max about 76.8 million. I would I would assume they have a higher watch rate. Just I mean, you know, half the no, people who have Amazon Prime have, don't even know they have access to videos. You're assuming a lot. That's not fact. We don't know. That's why I said I assume. I said I, I assume. There's you no point wanna... in saying you assume. That's what my point is, is that you're just stating out there. I assume this based on no information. You guys want to hear something funny? Yeah. yeah. Uh this Discovery Plus has uh 94 or excuse me has uh 24 million. So there's going to be a total in the future of 94 uh million give or take on when the when the two combine sometime uh next year. Uh Paramount with 46 is so close to HBO Max with so so much less. You know what I'm saying? Like relative, yeah. relative to to what's going on, uh, and especially considering how beloved uh, HBO Max has been in the in the public sphere. Not you know since Zaslav, uh, mm-hmm. but I just I find the I find these numbers uh, crazy, uh, absolutely crazy. Especially uh, Disney Plus uh, being as new as it is, relatively. Uh, Amazon, of course, benefits from. Uh, the fact that people get Bundling. Prime for shipping alone. So yep. 
how many people are because I've I've had Amazon Prime for years now. I can count on my hands the number of Prime original stuff I've watched. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's, hand. It, it's always interesting to include uh, Prime numbers with uh, subscriptions because it's it's not quite the the same. Anyways, that's what I was saying, Kyle. See, see. Yeah, but I'm saying you're basing it <laughs> off of your own anecdotal evidence, which is just my family. Right, I'm the only one who watches stuff on there. I agree, but it's just being like I assume, and I'm like, well, just don't assume. We don't know. That's my data set. Actually, knowing it's my actually, I don't know anyone who watches Amazon Prime outside of uh, people I talk with on Twitter and my LRM family. But so you do know people who well outside of I know online, (laughs) but outside of your 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 personal bubble. So, so my question is, um, is so you don't think it's a bad? It's you don't think it's WBW that um they're sending some I of do. their t- top time. Top, I do. Okay, content like their most valuable IP besides Harry Potter is being outsourced to Amazon, especially when it ties into the DC. I think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't like it because I, I for me, I just for me, I think it's just a personal thing where I don't like how. They're treating animation. It's just annoying how unrespected the animation medium is. And I think kind of like, oh, let's just throw it this way. And let's I'm surprised slash animation budgets. Let's do this. I'm it's, surpri- it's annoying. I'm surprised this news comes after the change of guard at DC. That even James, I assume James I mean, going to some say in it, and he's like, okay, you can put that on a non Warner Brothers platform. To be fair, he's probably more involved creatively, not necessarily where it gets released. Isn't Zaslav his like uh, business partner, and he's the boss? Not Zaslav, the guy isn't the guy he's working with, Peter Safran or something. Is he the? He's like they're like they're a team because Safran's the business guy, and yeah, um, Safran was James Gunn is the creative, big big time producer, and uh, Gunn of course produces, but right writer director and stuff. So yeah. And this might but not be the yeah. same for anyone. Sorry, this is a quick tangent. But I have an Amazon ad at the top of this deadline article. I know ads are curated at people and I work for Amazon. But I find that funny too. The top of this deadline ad is like, well, you'll love working at our seasonal warehouse jobs. Weird. I just have a porn ad. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. actually, I don't have an ad at the top. It's weird. How come I don't have an ad? I want an ad. I don't have ad block on. What the hell? I'm offended. You don't get the Amazon. I don't get the. I'm one of those few people who I'm like, give me the advertisements. I've got give a, me more of what I want to see. I've got a Lincoln, Lincoln car, and then a TikTok on the side. So whatever. I don't have any. I think maybe I. I think maybe AdBlock is on because I see a point where it says <laughs> advertisement and it's just blank. So, oh, I do have AdBlock on. Let's see what Shame on you! <laughs> you said you love the ads so much, so we consider this a WBW. In the end, it's an interesting move, I, I think, especially it. after the James Gunn announcement. I feel more. I consider I... it a WW, WB having DC official in-universe content anywhere other than their own streaming service. But then again, it's not like Marvel has done it. I mean, I'm sure they're the most watched shows on Disney Plus, but we're already discussing Disney's financial woes. I have a feeling that this will be as a. Uh... And then as a uh, connected universe, as uh, where where everything is canon, 
as uh, Star Wars has been with all of the books, comics, and everything allegedly being uh, canon as well, and about as connected as uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix stuff. (laughs) I don't think it's going to stick very much to the everything is connected. I think they will have a core, but uh, yeah, just history. Movies, 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 then TV, and then everything else. Well, he's already said some of the projects won't be connected, obviously, like Joker 2. But some of them will push things forward, Harley like Werewolf Quinn. by Night did. It will. I'm telling you, the Bloodstone's going to be an important relic coming An up. important relic or just a relic? Important. Okay. It's going to tie into all that Kang shit that Noted. has bars on it and rings. Noted. We'll, you're, you've been quoted and uh, marked, and we'll, we'll, we'll check back in on this in a few years and see if you're right. We'll come back to this episode in a few years. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely good. remember which episode this is. Will we? <laughs> that is. Yeah, okay. I'm tired. Sorry. I woke up today like frazzled. Um, trailer time. Are we done with Warner Brother Woes? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. We still have trailers. Yeah, see trailers. Trailers are the best part of this one. Let's start with the least exciting trailer, in my opinion. Warner, okay. I mean, uh, Warner Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Oh, that's like the most exciting for me of the three. Broken. What did you think of the new trip? We we have more dialogue. We have Luigi dialogue. I love that Luigi is the damsel in distress and Princess Peach is like, we got to get out there. There's a big multiverse Mario. That's basically what she was what I heard when she said there's lots of galaxies out there. Yeah. And I I like how they're working in like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. To an extent, like already Smash in their Brothers. first movie, Where'd you see Smash Brothers. Well, the beginning, Donkey Kong beats uh, the shit out of Mario. I guess that was kind of Smash Brothers ish. I don't, I just, uh, I connected it more as just Donkey Kong. Well, someone Mario. made it into like a Smash Brothers video where like they added the HP and then it was like KO. So, like, I, uh, I thought this trailer was awesome. It, it seems, it feels like there was just a whole lot of love put into this. Mm-hmm. Very clearly, fans are into this and they're and who are making this movie and they're just incorporating all the different aspects of Mario. You know, it seems like you're do, you're going with that old school mythology mythology about him being a plumber and um somehow ending up in the mushroom kingdom, which is super That was cool. the biggest I thought part of the trailer was confirming that just like in the original movie there are two plumbers in New York who like I'm just really disappointed that we're not going to see live action Chris Pratt in live action New York setting getting sucked into a pipe and ending up in an animated world missed opportunity illumination no one wants to see a live action Chris Pratt playing Mario um but yeah I just think it's a I thought I thought the fact that they are weaving in so many different aspects of Mario from like the 2D platformer stuff. Yeah, like the part where um, he gets like he's like training or something and it's like right. it looks like a classic level and so but instead of like the thing that circles, it's not actually fireballs. And I love seeing like the raccoon outfit and like Princess Peach conjuring fire from mm-hmm. uh the fire like flower. How, yeah, the, yeah, how the fire flower uh, or fireball is represented. Yeah. And the way she holds it. Um I like Princess Peach's character. She seems like she's going to be fun. And the Mario Kart stuff at the end was, I I was just like, oh my God, they're just bringing in everything. They're like, no holds barred. We're just doing like Rainbow Road, Mario Kart, racing, (laughs) Donkey Kong. Um, They're just going all in and I'm here for it. Like I didn't see anything in this trailer that I was like, oh, I wish they didn't do that. Everything I saw, I loved. What about oh. the accent? That's still the biggest. Chris Pratt There's, voicing still, him is still I the still biggest concern heard, with fans. I haven't heard enough. 
And but to be honest, like the, he did talk like an OK amount, not a lot, but a little bit. But I didn't I wasn't put off by it, nor was I distracted by it. Yeah, um, I think it's fine. And he even does the wahoo pretty well. Like you can tell it's Chris Pratt's voice, but he does mm-hmm. the wahoo when he's on the, when he's doing Mario Kart. Yeah, so I and think... I, I never would have I never would have wanted the the really the whole, heavy the whole movie accents. Oh my god, I would have I would have literally Kyle, talked just... about that. Everyone that thinks that they do are are ridiculous. The amount of like fan trailers with with Mario's uh game voice, even Manny was like, I wanted two hours of hey princess, no, Lisa go save a Luigi. Like I was like, No, dude, no, <laughs> no one in their right like you would sit in that movie movie and you would regret your your decision. Yep. I don't even Agreed. think it would make it out of uh, uh, test audiences. But yeah. I, I still don't know what the accent they're going for is at this point. It's I, very, I it it's is. a Brooklyn accent. It is. It is. He's doing the same thing it, as Bob Hoskins. But it also like. And Charlie Day know. is just like, I'm Charlie Day. <laughs> People right. love me. I don't need to put on an accent. I think, it, I think the, I think the, the voice fits very well though. Oh yeah. So that, that's, that's how like, that was a nothing, good joke. <laughs> the animation in this trailer is just gorgeous the world is amazing looking i i literally like i said i have nothing negative to say about this trailer at all oh same so, i loved it I, and yet somehow it's the least interesting part of the three trailers that's because we also have a marvel trailer and a lucasfilm trailer yeah i, I guess we'll go into the lucasfilm trailer first because that's the order i listed them just because that's the order they came out okay um we got a bunch of trailers from Marvel yesterday because it was Brazilian Comic Con or just their show or whatever. They always release trailers. CCXP. From the, CC, yeah. yeah, it's the I don't forget, I forget what it's called, but it's Brazilian. But that's Comic-Con. like the first place we got real footage from Venom and stuff. I remember or Venom Let There Be Carnage. So they always show something there. Mm-hmm. They were in full force. We got our first Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer. I know no one's as much into Indiana it. Jones as me. I watched it uh, 20 James to five Burns. times. James Burns is as much into it as you are. Yeah, he no, is. he totally is. That's how he became friends. <laughs> well, um, I wrote an article about what they should do for Indiana Jones 5. And he's like, no, 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 you're all wrong. And now we're good friends. Um, this funny Kirsten at the end of the trailer. She, she thought it said the Dural of Destiny. And she was <laughs> like, what? The... <laughs> Which I could see. Um, yeah, what did you think? Obviously, you weren't as excited as me, but I no, was like, I thought it was giddy. good trailer. I really liked it. Um, I just don't have. Just, I grew up with Indiana Jones, but I don't have the same nostalgia ever like you and James seem to have for it. Like it's fun. I actually respect how much they went for more of the emotional stuff for this one rather than just like, you know, throwing in the same theme song and having a similar type of scenes we've seen a million times before. It happens go like, yeah, they did it again. Um. But it just seems like it's fun. I'm excited to see what happens. But like, I'll wait a little bit more. But everything I'm like, I'm seeing here, I'm liking. So I I have no complaints about it, other than maybe a little bit too much reliance on CG, especially in some of the train stuff. Um, I don't like that as much. But I like what they're going for in terms of the feels. It feels like it's a weightier movie than Crystal Skull was. Yeah, and they uh, the directors discussed that, and I like a man James Mangold is directing it this time, and he co-wrote it, I believe. Um, he's talking about is he, it James Mangold? He's definitely the director. Yeah, is he? I thought yeah. it was Joe Carnahan. No, it's no, Mangold. James Mangold. In fact, the poster is almost identical to the Logan poster, which is just his face. It's funny, but I found that funny. But not that yeah. it's even the I don't same. Know what I was on, I think I get the I got the names mixed up for some reason. 
Anyways, continue. But I Mangold has said it is more of a Logan story, not in the adultness of it or like violence, but that it's they're not making jokes about him being old. This is about him being old and being on his last like I assume he's brought back into it because the pre-credit sequence, which so the footage we've seen for it so far is amazing. The de-aging technology, we've only seen like 45 really seconds good. of it in the trailer. It looks you said 45 seconds. Four to five seconds, you mean? Four right? to five. Well, there's like, okay, I didn't realize it the first time, but there's two different scenes where he's de aged, not mm-hmm. just the one where they pull off the thing and you're like, holy crap, that's, they shot that in the 1980. It looks like, really good, though. Yeah, it looks great. I hope it holds up for more than just one shot. Right. Because they keep, they always say that. They say Harrison Ford says is the best he's ever seen and it creeps him out, but they say that every movie. What excites I mean, it could... you about this trailer more than anything? Indiana don't just say don't just don't i was about to say just don't say it's indiana jones and they like they did it right this time i mean like it's nazis he should be i mean it yeah of course russians is who you would fight in the late 50s early 60s in the last movie but yeah they're like no they're nazis like they're nasa nazis i mean i'm not gonna have to side with the i'm gonna I feel like I have to push back a little bit on that one i don't think what's great about indiana jones is that he fights nazis i think it's everything up everything else around it like it's just fun adventure and the he just happens scenes. to fight nazis i don't think the nazis are essential to indiana jones personally. no but it's fun to have them back especially in the pre-credit sequence which looks insane even when they're not showing him like that's where the standing on top of the train with uh the actor who plays zola um and all that stuff toby um, jones remember, toby jones we i mean that's where we saw the first set photos where harrison ford just had dots on his face we were like, oh, de-aging. And they're like they had a Nazi castle and on set they had like Nazi train and stuff, which is obviously featured heavily in the trailer. And I one of my favorite cuts in it is he punches a 1969 Nazi and then he <laughs> it cuts to him punching a 1940s Nazi, like as the next shot. So it's like we need a hero who will punch Nazis in 2023 since Captain America is retired and we haven't seen much of Hydra, which is Fair. their version of Nazis, even modern day. So, and just, I don't know, the humor seems there too. The action scenes are amazing in the trailer. Like whatever the cart scene is in the sand where like he is yanked, just like he's trying to reach out to someone at the last minute. They're like yanked apart. The two like vehicles throw different directions. And um, Saul is back, which I thought was a big part missing from yeah. Crystal Skull, but it made sense because I mean, that they one was set off, in South right? America. They killed him off in the fourth one, right? Didn't they? No, didn't they Saul wasn't in the fourth one. No, no. They said a... Uh, br- Brody and his dad died. Oh, right. The dad died. All right. Yeah. Okay. And Brody, because the real actor's dead. Reason. No, no. Sala turned down, not Sala, John Reese Davies <laughs> turned down the role, which is why we have hope for this movie to be bigger. Because um, he was only going to be at the wedding at the end. And he's like, I'm not signing on to an Indiana Jones movie to be in one scene. If I'm signing on to an Indiana Jones movie, it's to go on adventures with Indiana Jones. And he has yeah. the cool, like, almost like, you know, remember the good old days speech in it where he's mm-hmm. like, I, I miss the sand and the sea. And you're like, hell yeah. And That's also it worked. It resonated on an emotional level for me more because, yeah, the action is fine. Whatever. It's more about what is this about? And is it going to feel like it's all in service of a specific character arc. And that's kind of what I got from this is that it will fingers crossed and that the action will just service that. And I just, even just some of the beats, I feel like something like the, the scene where he's using the whip at the very end, like the post title mm-hmm. scene. And he's like, should they all pull out guns? And he just immediately ducks 
feels very Raiders of the Lost Ark in a way that even yes. the original sequels don't necessarily feel that way. So, are you not yeah. worried that it's just a uh, uh, remember this film? I mean, you see uh, Waller Bridges' character loosens up a giant ball. You have the whip with the mm-hmm. with the guns. You have older character and it's fine to bring back older characters in a franchise but you start connecting some of those other dots are we looking at a uh uh force awakens type thing here and if so will that upset you all fairness i love the force awakens so there's that (laughs) but when it comes to i agree that it's a problem i don't like look at this remember this remember this i don't like that which is why for me i just think the feel the tone of it feels like it's all in service of an arc and as long as it actually is all in service of an arc, I'm okay with bringing it back. I just don't want it to be like, remember this, remember this, remember this. Which, I mean, I I hope it's no more than the fan service of Crystal Skull, which is actually pretty small. Where like they've, it's basically only the opening scene. You're like, oh, that's the warehouse, and there's the car chase that knocks open one, uh, like that breaks one box, and you see the arc. And otherwise, there's no mention of. Like there's not really much fan service except for having Indiana Jones be in it in um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So uh, I'm definitely hoping this is better than that. <laughs> Obviously, as are we all. That movie was boring. Boring is not the word I'd use for it, but <laughs> it's the word I use for it because I, I I didn't have a huge like the, my biggest problem was the swinging with the the monkeys. That was awful. But apart from that, it's not movie, boring. It, it's stupid. <laughs> No, that was one stupid part, but the rest of it I thought was just boring. Okay. But yeah, Indiana Jones coming into theaters the same month as Ethan Hunt. So, yay, Nick. I like how Nick always like relates everything back to Mission Impossible. Well, those are my two favorite franchises. They always they bounce around now, which one I like more, depending on how excited I am about. Like, I was waiting for this trailer, because when I saw it, I was like, ah! That's what we, they described it as. Do we ever have a, have a timer on this podcast of time to Tom Cruise? This is actually T, quite, a, T to T. quite a while. T to T. It's a, It actually took about an hour and a half. So, Well, remember earlier I accidentally said Tom Cruise when I meant to say Harrison. <laughs> oh, there you go. So <laughs> I guess it was earlier. So Nick's super stoked on it. Jammer enjoyed it, but he doesn't have the same reverence for it. I mean, it's, no, Raiders no. of the Lost Ark is not Jammer's Zero favorite reverence. movie. Cool. Let's move on to the last trailer, which is also exciting. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Woo-hoo. Speaking of James Gunn and the holiday special, it looks great. I mean, it looks like it definitely... The actually, I noticed this on the, the Edge score, too. Well, maybe more than this, but it has a... It almost... I mean, they use a song, obviously. Not like the theme or something, because it's Guardians. But this... I'm going to bring it up again. Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible. I'll have like kind of a finite score where it sounds like this is like a sadder version of the theme because, you know, this is like where it all ends. And uh-huh. God damn it. I mean, I know people like at least Cam, if not Kyle, know the entire plot to uh, uh, Guardians Volume 3. Oh, do you really? Know. There's been a lot of uh, I don't I don't recall a lot of leaks for the, okay. the plot here, so. Cam said on Switch, uh, on not Switch, on Sla- uh, Discord this week that he he knows the entire plot, including the post credit se- post credit sequence. And it's mm. like I feel bad for you, Cam, but um, I know Ant, uh, I know Ant Man. I don't know much on on this one. I've been actively trying to avoid things on this one, and since I uh, 
do more of the podcast and media side instead of the writing side. I've I've been a little bit better That's able good. to avoid. I would I they def there are five different scenes that make you think Rocket's gonna die. So I don't know if that's a complete fake out. I think he'd be the most poignant character to kill. I think agreed. I think he's gone. And I also think Peter Quill's gone. I think they're both dead. Think Quill's gonna die? I think they're both dead. Yep. Interesting. Because we get the whole we are Groot line again. We see Rocket. What I feels like one of his lines is like his last line. He's like laying on the ground or something and he has something in his head. And we're also getting his origin with James Gunn said this movie would be about rockets, you know, like, you know, the pain. It's all about the pain he suffered. That's why he also has a line where he's like, I'm not running anymore because he's always referenced it, you know, that he was experimented on and all that. And we see a little baby rocket raccoon. Um, We'll see him hugging an otter. It looks like. Yeah, it looks like his love interest is an otter who was. Also experimented on. But yeah, looks great. You know, my biggest problem with this trailer is. What? Get you want to guess based on how much you know about me? What do you think? Okay. Not enough Mexicans in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay, then. Anyway, uh, on that note, let's move on to uh, what I actually feel like is the <laughs> biggest problem is the naming convention. The second one was Vol.2, and this one is written out Volume oh, 3. I didn't even notice Bullshit. that. You bet your ass I noticed it. Oh, uh, I bet you did. <laughs> I'm really fucking pissed also about John Wick. You had John Wick Chapter Parabellum, 2. And then, then John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, and, was, and now just John Wick Chapter 4. It's like, oh, no more subtitles. It was just a one-off subtitle. I never watched the trailer for that online. In fact, I still haven't seen the Avatar trailer online. I've only seen it in the theater. Cause I don't care. John Wick. I literally couldn't tell you what happened in the first movie versus what happened in the second movie. But I, 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 was, I was in the theater with my sister for Glass Onion, and I was like, because we saw Ant Man trailer and a few others, and I was like, I think this is the fifth or the sixth John Wick movie, and it's like John Wick Chapter Four, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> the fourth movie. In all fairness, we've been hearing about like a bunch of other spinoffs, the Ballerina, the, Baller- the Ballerina, and Continental, like two of them. And I feel like we've been writing about them for so long that it just feels like they've come and gone, even though they haven't. I don't think, right? The Continental didn't come out, right? No. No. And that's a okay. CTV series, right? Yeah. So, I mean, supposedly. Like, I think I, I was writing about that like in 2018 or 2019 or something. It's been a long time and nothing has happened. Anything else? Anyways, to say about but Gar- Guardians. Guardians. Oh. Besides we the thing you Guardians. like the least about it, at least <laughs> is not a, a not a shot from the trailer. It's a naming device. No, it looks it looks good. Um, you know, it looks like it has that perfect mix of poignancy and comedy that James Gunn is well known for. And I'm ready to be emotionally wrecked. Unlike most people, I feel like a lot of people didn't like the second one. I loved the second one compared to the first. I one. like it. I did not like it as much as the first. I think we've had this the first one to me. I thought everyone was like lost their minds over it. And I was like, it's OK. It felt safe to me. Um, and the second one felt like it was able to go more bonkers than the first one was allowed to. Oh, and definitely I liked did. That. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot, and I'm hoping that they're able to continue with this. And Peacemaker really just proved that he's able to meld that tone of like ridiculous comedy with something more serious. And yeah, cool. Yeah, I was excited. I was stoked on both trailers. Obviously, I was like hanging out yesterday, and I'm like, oh, I have to be checking Twitter every few minutes, apparently, because they released Indiana Jones and a Guardians thing, and then. They didn't release another trailer. They just released an Ant-Man retrospect with new Kang dialogue. But 
Yeah. We good? That's it. It's all we have for I know Transformers came out, but show? whatever. It's the least interesting trailer of the four. So <laughs> which is fun. I, I was already against covering it when we only had two trailers. I'm like, does anyone care? But no. yeah, that's the show. Uh, uh Jammer, where can that be found? I can be found at Jam the Writer on Twitter, uh, and AJ Cerna Writer on TikTok. And you can find all of my books under the name AJ Cerna on Amazon and Audible and magiabooks.com m-a-g-i-a books.com i'm at geeky nick doll on uh twitter and i won't leave twitter until it collapses because if it does collapse i'm not planning on moving to a new social media i just like, feel like I'm that'll be fine start a new one no i just like i hear about all these different ones and they're all people are complaining about different elements of all of them and it's like i'll just use facebook more and maybe start actually using my instagram which is also at geeky nick doll but it's very inactive until twitter dies I remember um, looking at Mastodon and being like, "Nope, this is too this is too confusing for me." And then, <laughs> I don't I remember what the other ones people are talking about are, but I can go join Trump's whatever his is Truth Social. Oh God, um, and I also do Marvel Multiverse Mayhem, in addition to Breaking Geek Radio the podcast with Kyle. Currently, it is Marvel Multiverse Mondays until we get new Marvel content, which. Okay, wait, I assume it, Loki two is next. You're gonna you're gonna confuse your listeners. They're well, we used to be Marvel Multiverse Mayhem. It's Mondays. always Marvel Multiverse Mayhem. He's just saying. But we're now back on Mondays, on Mondays again. No, I, I get that. Yeah, but yeah. we used to call it Marvel Multiverse Monday until I'm Marvel screwed of us of that alliteration. We had to switch alliterations. So. They they actually purpose. That's the reason why they changed it is because they mm-hmm. really just wanted to fuck you guys. Yeah, oh, we know. Just we us. know Disney. We know Bob. Mm-hmm. Whichever Bob was in charge at the time, Chappick. But yeah. Um, with that, uh, you can always listen to the Genreverse Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also find them at lrmonline.com with a nice little write-up. And, um, of course, uh, watch us on YouTube. We got a AX squared or something? AVX squared? AVX? AV squared. There is no... Write it down. Write it down. no Avengers versus X-Men here. That's why I say that every time accidentally. Anime um, versus reviews and AVR squared. Anime versus reviews. Uh, Kyle's video reaction. He did a nice one for. Was it Guardians? Yeah. It's, oh no, Super Mario. Did you do both? I watched at least one I yesterday. Did Super Mario, the first one, but last yesterday okay. was just Guardians. He did Guardians. Um, that's genre shot. Um, we also have uh, in the mornings. Capo uh, genre. Yeah, Daily Cog, Cup of Genre. Uh, Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast is what you're listening to. The Cantina, our Star Wars show, and Marvel Multiverse Mayhem, which was already mentioned as our Marvel show. So new content every day. Yay, basically. Um, So yeah, uh, with that, um, hasta lasagna.